I do think, especially with COVID, right? It, it, it's a kind of a, a experience that's derailed um, a lot of people in terms of what, what is happening and yeah. what is my life and a lot of questioning. And then, you know, people processing a lot of grief too. And I think, I think spirituality is the old, it's the well, right? It, it's, mm. it's the well that you return to, um, to, to get water when you need it. And it's, it's life. Today on Dr. D's Social Network, we welcome in the amazing, the wonderful Dr. Eva Catherine Coder. Dr. Coder is doing something that I think is really gaining steam, but is still kind of on the fringes. She's a transpersonal psychologist, author, teacher, and guide. Dr. Coder provides some incredible insight into the world of transpersonal psychology, plant medicine, and after ceremony integration. This is a deep one, but also still a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Coder. All right, we're here, Dr. D's Social Network with uh, Dr. Eva Catherine Coder. How are you? I'm well, I'm well, how are you? I'm good. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, yeah. I found out about you through the third wave. That's how I found out about you. And I know the gentleman who runs that whole deal. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Paul. Paul, yeah, we were on a conversation at some point. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw you were like on this podcast, I believe. I was. I was on his podcast a while back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, this is interesting. Like transpersonal psychology, you know, yeah. after the ceremony, I said, I got to I got to learn more about what this person's up to. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Most definitely. So that's why I reached out. And so. One, tell me a little bit about your background in this and like what's inspired you to get into this, this field of study and work. Well, I think probably like many who end up someplace like this, uh, I did not really intend to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think I sort of backed into it in some way or, um, universe when I was younger felt like was closing a lot of doors that would be like the traditional doors that I would go into based on how I was raised and family and such and that just like those doors did not open for me mm -hmm. and you know I was like banging my head against like these doors and they just wouldn't open and so I was really kind of pushed into an entirely different direction that I didn't I didn't, I didn't even know it existed. And so that was a lot of probably like how it all started was feeling like, you know, now I look back and it's like, well, spirit just had a different idea about my life than I had. Yeah. And I had to kind of get on board. I had to like get with the program. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was also really blessed with a number of mentors that just people that showed up in my life and would just tell me something or guide me in a specific direction. 
transpersonal psychology came from a friend in New York who was a, a mentor. She was a therapist, psychologist type. And she said, you know what? You know, if you're going to go into psychology, don't do all that traditional stuff. Don't do that. Mm. So take yourself right to transpersonal psychology, go to the edge of the field, um, learn about Ken Wilber and non-duality and go that way. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Hmm. So. <laughs> wow. So, you know, what? I'm, I'm curious because I, I feel like I, I mean, I've done so many of these and I've learned so many things and I really love to learn. And I'm like transpersonal psychology. I have never heard that term. Mm -hmm. Could you break down a little bit what that is? Oh, yeah, totally. So transpersonal psychology kind of came about in like the 60s and early 70s it grew out of the humanistic movement of psychology mm -hmm. so a lot of people have heard of maslow or yes. potential movement and um you know after psychoanalysis everybody had been on the couch for a while there was this idea in humanistic psychology of yeah but what's our potential you know where can we really go as a species and then there were all like there had been all these teachers coming over from the east you know buddhist teachers and hindu teachers and you know they were like planting themselves all up and down the west coast and some in new york building centers and so you know by the time the 60s came around with all of the you know uh, explosion of you know social consciousness and things that were going on at that time there was this confluence of uh, a lot of people who had gotten involved in spiritual practice and were starting to see these things happening in themselves, along with witnessing these um, more enlightened teachers who were obviously playing on an entirely different field for most people. Mm. And then there were psychedelics, right? Psychedelics right. happened. <laughs> most definitely. A lot of, you know, in the 60s. And and, and so it was kind of like a pot that was getting stirred. And so transpersonal psychology emerged out of this pot of these, you know, more enlightened beings that were, had been teaching for a while. People were getting some traction, psychedelic movement, um, and all that kind of social upheaval that was happening along with this humanistic movement of kind of like, where can we, where are we going as a species? Where could we go? Like, where's the best place we could go and how can we get there? Um, so transpersonal means beyond the self or through the self, trans, mm. beyond or through, right? Yeah. And it's this idea that it's a field of psychology that's more holistic. So it includes you know, the more behavioral approaches, the more existential, the more psychodynamic, the more humanistic, it includes all of those, but it also adds in another layer of inquiry and exploration that's drawing from a lot of the world's wisdom traditions. And with the idea of what's it like to be a spirit, you know, in matter, what's it like to be a spirit embodied? Um, and how can we further refine ourselves um, so that we can be in our fullness? That makes sense. It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, lo I love it. I feel like that spoke to me big mm. time. 
Um, I think one of the reasons why I was drawn to your podcast on the third wave and anything was I just I'm very into psychedelics and the spirituality of it and the ceremony and the rituals and I kind of feel like in our society we we try to get rid of rituals and ceremony and what do we yeah. do afterwards, you know? And so, yeah. and I was reading about you wrote a book like after the ceremony and I was like, man, this is like right up my alley. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like feeling this big time, you know? Cool. <laughs> yeah, I've been feeling it big time for a while, honestly. I I kind of imagine um, like what it would be like, cause I've traveled a lot, you know, I've lived in other mm-hmm. countries as well. and. Like, I'd love it if I walked down the street, you know, in the U.S. and there was just a shrine on the corner that people were making offerings to, or, you know, there was like this cultivation of this, like this acknowledgement that we are more, you know, than just this body, that we have spirit, you know, a soul to tend to, and this, this kind of soul tending and this, this recognition that we're connected and we're connected to all of life and that life is living itself through us and how can we be in relationship to that in in the deepest sense you know in service to that devoted to that and then you know for me i feel like the last revolution is spiritual yeah that it's like we can and I don't mean to dismiss any of the other revolutions that have happened or are happening because they're, they're all important. Um, but at the end of the day, it feels like when we come home, we're coming home to that. We're coming home to the recognition that we are not separate, that we are one, that we are this life that's living itself through us and that that, that is it. Um, you know, we've got our personalities and we've got all this stuff, but it, it kind of pales in comparison to the, that deeper understanding in my, in my, you know, in my world, in some sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, I, I'm curious from your work, have you seen that people have been more receptive to this type of work and this type of study? of psychology now than in the past? Mm, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm working in a very niche area, mm-hmm. you know, so people who show up on my doorstep, they're, they're on this, they're kind of, they're in this, they're already in this inquiry somehow. They know their soul's important. Maybe they know it's a little malnourished or it's never been tended to. Uh, to begin with they know that there's something more even if they can't really put language to it so much Mm -hmm. and uh, I mean I there's I don't know if you're aware of kind of like the larger movements in the field of psychology or clinical psychology but they very much a lot of them go against the transpersonal field yeah um the so people are like looking to do a CBT cognitive behavioral therapy if I can just change my thoughts, then I could just change my life kind of thing. And there's validity to that, but I'm transpersonal psychology is still very much on the fringe. Why, what's the resistance from the larger movements of psychology against transpersonal psychology? Uh, It's, 
I think, look, like we're kind of the larger social collective that's in existence is it's kind of a machine. So it's built around things that can be easily monetized, um, things that can be uh, worked on in a protocol. So someone can just open a notebook and be like, okay, session one, we're going to do this. Session two, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. um, things can be routinized. It's a kind of like an industrial um, revolution kind of mentality to therapy and insurance companies can say, okay, well in 12 sessions, we're going to pay for 12 sessions. And in this time you can do this protocol. And so it's, do you see what I'm saying? Like there's mm -hmm. this larger current that wants everything to be kind of in a square or in a box. Sure. And the field of transpersonal psychology does not function that way because it's not really, it's, this is not a, it's an out of the box. It's totally out of the box and it's not manualized. There's no protocol. Um, it's, you know, it's coming into a, a greater depth. And so that's harder to train people around. It's harder, mm -hmm. you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, most definitely. But, you know, on, on the other hand, I, I do think that there is a there is becoming an awakening or acceptance to things, maybe the concepts of transpersonal psychology. Agree. Maybe yeah. there's not like the actual study of it so much for people. I mean, I I'm I feel like I have a pretty good idea of a lot of these things that I didn't mm -hmm. know about it, and I'm very educated with mm -hmm. you know in psychology, and mm -hmm. so maybe the study aspect. But I see people in general maybe tending more to spirituality, whatever that means for them, uh, that they're cu more curious. So like, well, maybe there is more to me than just the physical aspect, you know? Mm -hmm. I do think that's true. And I think that's, it's been true for a while. And often what brings people there is some kind of crisis, mm. you know, some, something we're calling a crisis, right? Um, right. Some, something like in my life, right? Like things did not, we're not working out, right? It was trying mm -hmm. to do the, you know, this conventional path and it was not working, you know? So I had to kind of, you know, be willing to go to some other place that actually did feel restorative, rejuvenating, connected, vibrant, vital, you know? So I, I do think, especially with COVID, right? It, it's a kind of a, a experience that's derailed um, a lot of people in terms of what, what is happening and yeah. what is my life and a lot of questioning. And then, you know, people processing a lot of grief too. And I think, I think spirituality is the old, it's the well, right? It, it's, mm. it's the well that you return to um to to get water when you need it and it's it's life so i do think people have been kind of pushed right out of yeah. the zone mm -hmm. i love that the spirituality is the well the water they return to i have never heard it said that way and i love that so much wow yeah, that's amazing. I mean, there's, there's just a way there's something profound about that. Sometimes I feel like we, 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 we push out these, the, our inner space and our spirituality for commercial things and all this stuff. And we forget that this is a gigantic portion of the, of the human experience. 
And it always has been. Yes. Yes. It all it always has been. Most definitely. Now, how did you get involved with um, writing this book? You know, after the ceremony, and touch a little bit about that, and then kind of where that came from for you. Yes. So um, I really built my practice, my private practice in Miami. Um, is where I, I lived before I lived here in Colorado. And Miami was just an amazing um, experience for me. I was really wanting to live abroad and I had written this Fulbright to study this organization in Kenya and I was ready to learn Kiswahili. And I was, I was like, very excited about the whole thing. And then I did yeah. not get my Fulbright. And so I ended up, I was like, okay, I'd lived in Haiti for two years and I was like, well, how can I get close you know, to Haiti perhaps, but not be there. And Miami opened. And now Miami is this really vibrant place. And you have to, you have to really enjoy other cultures to like to live in Miami. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to deal with some chaos um, and some traffic. But if you're willing to bear those, you know, <laughs> discomfort, <laughs> right? And you really enjoy other cultures and you like Latin culture a lot. It is the best place to be in the U.S. by far. Yeah. And tons of people coming up from South America, tons of medicine people and uh, lots of ceremonial work with plant medicines happening. You know, it's been happening in Miami. And, you know, for folks in Miami, it's not a strange thing, you know, because these are the, these are considered her like the heritage, you know, of uh, many of the Amazonian traditions. And so ritual, ceremony, plant medicines, this is no big deal, right? This is yeah. not this is not anything unusual. And so in that kind of environment, there's been like a really beautiful cultivation of um, spiritual community. And so I was sitting a lot with, um, in my Miami community with various teachers. I helped a Peruvian build a small community uh, around F Fort Lauderdale. And then I was involved myself with the plant medicine work for about five years. And Coming to it as a psychologist from transpersonal, you know, a transpersonal psychologist, I saw a lot of beauty. I also saw a lot of problems and I experienced some of those problems myself. Like, why don't we ever integrate any of the work? We just keep going back to ceremony after ceremony after mm -hmm. ceremony. And somehow it was like a little hamster wheel. Like if we just keep going to enough ceremony, then all will be well. And now, I really understood from the inside out that there's a problem here. You know, we, if you don't integrate the teachings and the lessons and the, you know, the insights that come from ayahuasca or, you know, whichever plant spirit you're working yeah. with, then you're not doing the work. And so my book was a, <laughs> it's a kind of a, um, it's an invitation to do the deeper work. And so I lay out, you know, sort of 10 principles and ways of working with integration and, you know, how to basically take what you learned in the ceremony and then bridge that into your everyday mundane reality, which is how change really happens. Like we have to, you know, what they say in yoga, like off the mat, you yeah. know, you got to practice it in your, your real everyday life. Um, and that's, that's when you see the shifts and the changes. So 
That makes sense. It's kind of a, you're making me think about in almost any spiritual practice, whether it's, um, you know, religious spiritual practice, uh, whether it's ceremony for this, you can go and hear the message and you could take it in and get swept up by the feeling that's happening during it. And then go out in the parking lot and then curse somebody out. (laughs) (laughs) Give somebody the middle finger. You're like, hey, you know what? You messed with me. Like, what happened to all of that back there? (laughs) What just just happened, right? What just happened? happened? Afterwards, I know for me, it was like the first time I did psychedelics, it was so powerful. I had a guide, so which was awesome for it. But I had I had trouble like figuring out what that what my life was going to be after that because it was so jarring it really changed everything about what i thought about nature how mm-hmm. do i exist with nature after mm-hmm. knowing after seeing this type mm-hmm. of thing and the guidance i think is really important and thinking it about is. it that way it is and i think sometimes when i think about my book and i'd love to have the time at some point to update it with case studies now that i've yeah. been helping people integrate for almost 10 years it's the integrate the tips for integration apply to everything. (laughs) You can can take out plant medicine and put in anything else there. (laughs) You know, they're just kind of universal ways to work with integration, like how to help the body integrate. Right. Cause sometimes things are here, but they're not here. Right. They're not, they have have not really like gone all the way through into embodiment. Yeah. And that, that, that descent into full embodiment, that's, that's different. You know, that's a whole different feel. Um, we can have a lot, you can talk a good game, right? But yeah, if the body is not on board with it or not, not, not really working with that same energy, then it's not, you haven't really changed that much. You've changed <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can show up every week or show up to various ceremonies over and over again, but never change, actually. You could never change. Yeah. You could have some great stories. Oh my God, I had this ceremony and this happened to me and I went to this galaxy and yeah. I rode around on the back of a dragon and, <laughs> you know, but like nothing in your life has changed, right? Yeah. You had a wild, really interesting, cool experience, but it didn't transform you, yeah. right? That's, that's, that's kind of what I saw happening and also in myself too. Like, I don't pretend to be like, better than anyone else right yeah. i watched this happen to me and i was like well, this is not no unless i <laughs> just sit my ass down yeah <laughs> start yeah. making some changes otherwise this is just fluff it's it's yeah. it felt disrespectful actually mm. to the medicine because it's like well i'm i'm not really not taking i'm not really taking the teachings and doing anything with yeah them. yeah it's so powerful for like like you said replace plant with anything else and I mean, it's a lesson for so much therapy, you know, I go to therapy over and over again and then never actually do anything to change. You know, it's, it's kind of a wild system with that. So what do you think about like the movement with plant medicine, where we're at with that in society? You know, I have a lot of people in their sixties who call me on the phone or write me an email and they read uh, Michael Pollan's how to change your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, I got a good 20, 30 years left and I don't, 
I don't want to be doing life the way I've been doing it. I don't know if psychedelics are right for me, but this sounds good. <laughs> I'm ready for whole scale change, you know, yeah, like yeah. I don't want it to be doing life the way I've been doing it. And so I feel like there's more interest than ever. Um, media, media is so funny, but media has been publishing a lot around psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more, you know, companies moving into the space, positioning themselves for, um, you know, being the leading like psilocybin, whatever company that everybody uses. And even I get, you know, I just do some little investing on the side and I get things from, you know, investment agencies about psilocybin startups. And yeah. I mean, it's fascinating what's happening. And there's a way, way, way more interest, I think, than there ever has been from Most normal definitely. people. Like we're not talking, we're not talking about people like me who are just like, yeah. you know unconventional by nature, but I'm talking about normal everyday people, you know, who yeah. just are feeling really stuck. Yeah, I actually I totally vibe with that. I mean, I would consider myself probably the opposite of you growing up, mm-hmm. and through most of my young adulthood, and now in my forties and my thirties, I. I don't know, I think it was just, I had a couple of people in my life who were just really open-minded about it and they helped me be open-minded about it. Mm. And then it's kind of like one of those things, it's like once you go down the rabbit hole or once you take something, the toothpaste out of the tube, it's like, you really can't put it back in anymore. No. No. And the, the experience is so powerful if, you know, especially done in the right set and setting, it's like, okay, there was kind of the me before this and the me after this. Mm-hmm. And that I think for normal people are pretty, if you know, quote unquote, traditional people, they're pretty tired of this kind of busy existence, this constant news cycle and busyness. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this is like almost like this is an altered consciousness on like 8 billion level, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. it's crazy, actually. Yeah. So yeah. people yeah. are coming to it now, you know. I think people are coming to it and there needs to be some really good guidance around it, you know, really helping people sort through, is this the best next step for me? Or is there a couple steps in between where I'm Mm. at and that, because let's face it, you know, you, you know, from personal experience, you know, psychedelic is a psychological sledgehammer. Oh, (laughs) it's not like you're getting out the little, little brush, you know, to brush up a little archeological dust, you know, No. no. that's not what this is. It is, no. it is, you're next to some kind of spontaneous Kundalini awakening or something that may yeah. happen in a spiritual setting or a near death experience. This is, this is as, you know, intense as it can get. Yeah, it is. And I think sometimes I think maybe the resistance that there is, is that, you know, you're going to face something that potentially, well, I know for me, I was already, you know, I was been religious my whole life, but uh, um, for me, it just like confirmed my spirituality even yeah. greater. And I think sometimes if like, if you don't have that at all, like mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. you may end up becoming more spiritual. And that could be scary for people who have never had anything like that in their life. Like, wow, what does this mean for how I exist in life? You know? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's soup to nuts. You know, <laughs> yeah. 
It's like everything. It's true. The whole existence. What is this? Like, what's really going on? What's really important? This, you know, most of the things that we, most of us focus on a lot of the time are, is meaningless. Yeah. You know, and, and this existential <clears throat> questions that come up, like if that, then what, you know, I've had, I've counseled a number of people through these spontaneous um, ego death experiences mm. and they weren't really prepared for it with, yeah. I mean, how can you prepare for your own, your own <laughs> death? I mean, there's certain traditions you do prepare for yeah. your own death, but it's to, to dissolve and to, to literally have everything that you, how you relate to the whole complex of life, just disappear for a little while. Yes. And then you return as what? Right. You know, so you yeah. come back, but then what, you know, so, the, <laughs> so exactly. how do you, how to bridge right from some of these very deep, powerful experiences back into this, you know, 3D, do we get LEDs or incandescent bulbs? You know, it's certain <laughs> things are just, it's like, how do you, how do you get back? And how, who do you come back as? And yeah. how do you reorder your life? So that without blowing it all up immediately, which is yes. some people are tempted to just blow <laughs> it up. Right? Yeah, I, I can see that though. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally like, you yes. know, it's such, it's like you're a phoenix being reborn. I mean, it's yes. like, it's that, in, it's that people, it's that intense when you've done yeah. a higher dosage, especially. And it's uh, making sense of this new reality is very difficult. And so the bridge, I think, has to be really important, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you look at Eastern traditions, for uh, religious traditions, they will prepare someone for decades for that kind of dissolution of the ego. I mean, there's a steady practice, you know, you, you're, you're practicing at, okay, what's left when there's nothing left, mm. like how to go into the void, right? That, this Buddhist practice this. So if an experience happens, they've been preparing for it for yes. all that time. And I think part of the difficulty with psychedelics is that a lot of people aren't really prepared for it. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that they mean, <laughs> like no context <laughs> and then no sense of what do I do now? You know, so yeah. then there needs to be some, some support. It's like being reborn, as you said, so you're like yeah. a little baby when you come out, like, <laughs> how do you function? And okay, you don't make any major changes right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't just like quit your job. Okay. Don't quit your job the minute you come out of psychedelic experience. Maybe take a couple of days off, but don't quit, right? Yeah, like, don't quit. <laughs> maybe quit later, but not right now, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's, you know, this is, this is sort of the territory and I, I counsel people away from it oftentimes. Interesting. I'm like, okay, well, have you tried this? Have you done any of this kind of work? Well, why don't we start there? And then if you feel like, feel like you really still want to do that, then we'll work towards it because otherwise it could be really destabilizing. Yes. Not in a good way. <laughs> no. no, it's really, I was fortunate. I had a nice little run up to it. Yes. And really 
researched it, studied it, had a lot of guidance. And so I was aware of like that my ego was going to dissolve. I mean, it's, it, even, even though it still yeah. was very jarring, even oh. though, I mean, yeah. you know, it's kind of weird watching your hands dissolve in your body and, you know, being this entity floating. You're, it's hard to prepare for that regardless. I mean, it's like, whoa, why mm -hmm. is that mountain breathing? Like, I mean, it's like, I'm the mountain. Oh my I God. I am the mountain. This dude just transformed <laughs> into a green beast in front of me. Like, it's just like, I don't know. You know, you can't watch enough superhero movies for that. I, like, right. Right. And yet, you know, many cultures did prepare. Yes. Like you do, you know, they, yeah. they prepared for these things, experiences and and then people knew who were going through them that there was, you know, these are initiatory experiences, yes. right? So there's, there's our mundane reality. And then we're stepping into this temenos of sacred space, initiatory space where the action can happen. But yeah. in that sacred space, that temenos, there are elders who are there. So, you know, okay, they've got me. Yeah. Right? There's, there's someone who understands what's going on, you know, and then after it's complete, okay, and then you, you move back into the mundane world, and there's a bridge and people help you, you know, so this is, this is the archetypal, you know, process of, initi yeah. of initiation. Um, so, yeah, most definitely. And you know, and I feel like sometimes in our society, we, we tend to devalue the transitions in life, you know, things like graduation, uh, people dying, people being born, we almost look at it as transactional at this point. Mm. And I think it's a big mistake, because these, the ceremony behind these transitions is really important to move from one phase or one lifetime within another lifetime, to have that, then sometimes I think the sacredness of ceremony, we try to like push it away for some reason. It's strange. Like I see less ceremony more than ever. I feel like secular, secularism. Yeah. 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 We got it. There <laughs> it goes. There Let's it goes. just get rid of all that sacred stuff and all yeah. that ceremony yeah. ritual. That's for, that's for these, uh, primitive people that, you know, <laughs> We don't want to be like primitive people. Like, look yeah. at them clothes on. They look strange. Like, I swear, it's like a whole. It's just bias, you know. It's this yeah. horrible. And and yet, and yet, there's quite a few people that go to churches, you mm -hmm. know. Quite a few people who are not interested in a conventional spirituality, but are making their own. Yeah. Um, putting things together and putting communities together, and and I think. You know, I do think the plant medicines are are bringing us back. Yes, to our roots because there was nothing wrong with those roots. Those were good, <laughs> solid yes. roots. Yes. And you know, as a person in a white body, you know, I, I have to like a, a, to to have had my own indigenous cultures destroyed over thousands of years systematically, you know, to the point where kind of quote unquote, like white bodied cultures ended up in this very bizarre place where we look at these traditions as like with suspicion. Yeah. Um, when we also came from that too. And it's been, you know, or, or to think that we've got to go to some other culture to get it 
or find it or discover it because those that are still holding this wisdom are not in a white body, you know, and that all the problems created with that. And, and there's a sense of, if you can sit, if you can sit, if you can connect with your ancestors and just even be open to that, uh, whatever color body you're in, yeah, doesn't really matter. We all have ancestors. We all come from an earth-based culture, all of us. Yeah. Right. So if you can sit with a psychedelic or otherwise, and just go back, go back down to that root and connect, you know, and, and it's just a, a remembering doesn't matter what color your skin is you can everybody can do it yeah (laughs) and no one's locked out right no one right every everybody's included in this you know it's it's a it's an all-inclusive invitation it is Um, it really is what do you make of though kind of this division between spirituality and science and where do you think science um, plays in the whole aspect of spirituality. That's such a huge topic, as you know, Mm -hmm. um, there are bridge builders and there are people that are, you know, there are scientists who are very spiritual, um, because, you know, science studies life, you know, pretty much the most sacred thing that there is, is life. And so this, you know, energy of life that we connect to life force. So there's a, there's a a beauty in that, I think with science in that, in that particular study, you know, sometimes I think there's a bit of uh, losing the forest from the trees kind of thing. Like you just get so focused in on this one molecule or this peptide, or you kind of lose track of the big picture of what's actually going on. I think Part of my challenge with science, and there are many sciences, which is very hard to kind of use a monolithic sort of term like that, because there's yeah. a lot of science doesn't agree. They don't agree. They don't, they're not in agreement. <laughs> like That's so true. So true. There's not one science, you know. Yes, there's science, okay, as a discipline and an exploration, but it's not that's a whole great thing about science is there's a lot of disagreement. People are studying different things and different nuances of different things, but, but how is the whole picture put together? And I think that is the realm of spirituality. Yeah. It's how it's all put together, how it all coheres, how it integrates. And at the end of the day, there's a feeling. It's not a paper in a peer-reviewed study. Okay, it's interesting, but but what's what's the feeling of that? This beautiful, elegant, magical, mystical life that yeah. we're living. How does it all come together? How do, how is it connected? How are we connected to it? How can we be grateful for it and appreciate it and feel it like? You know, because there's a difference between thinking about something, thinking about it, and then feeling it. Yeah. You know, how how can we feel more and maybe yeah. think less? You know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that feeling feeling scares people sometimes, though. You know, uh, 
feeling because it's demonized. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, well, that's not provable or that is, we need proof of feeling. I need this to be in like a statistical analysis. And sometimes I think people who are kind of in that vein, like they're scared of feelings because they can't touch it. They can't see it in a way that's like, oh, well, yeah, feelings exist here in this box and I can take this box home with me and I could open it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, well, it has to be quantifiable, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and we could go down a rabbit hole with that yeah. too, because what appears to be very solid, it's like an atom, right? Mm-hmm. Or like something that's, you know, material. Okay. This, this appears to be very solid, but once you start really looking at it, it's mostly nothing, right? Yeah. Like this is mostly, yeah. there's mostly nothing here, right? Yeah. Reality is much more immutable and it's way different than we think it is. And so to try to keep making reality more solid i think Mm. is it might be driven by fear you know or just just comfort um but i i do think that i mean we have to kind of get into patriarchy we have to get into the war on the feminine feminine values intuition feeling you know women being um um pathologized for feeling for having emotions mm. um the emotions are seen as this kind of scary phenomena and i think we really have to make friends with feelings it's like yeah. sometimes i'll be having a big feeling and i'll just say it's just a feeling yeah it is it's a just, feeling just a feeling <laughs> yeah it's okay it's okay it's okay <laughs> <laughs> Just a feeling. It's a feeling. It's okay to feel the feeling, you know? Yeah. And what if we could all just feel our feelings a little bit more and not be <laughs> so scared of them? You know? <laughs> the vulnerability behind that, you know, and people feeling their feelings. It's, I hope that we're moving further in that direction and that people are, are okay with that. Seems like there's a little bit more acceptance for that. But, uh, so. You know more empathy, more compassion. Yeah. You know, but guess what happens in ritual and ceremony? Expression of feeling and emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Things come out. They definitely come out. I'm telling you right. They come out. Some stuff definitely comes out. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> A lot of stuff comes out. A lot of stuff comes out. <laughs> it's been trapped in there. It wants to come out. Yeah. I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it can't stay in there it's not healthy yeah, you know yeah. it, the the feelings this is a, a water element you know mm. a lot you know there's a lot of water element you know water needs to move water goes from you know practically you know a vapor to a, a solid to you know something that's a liquid you know water moves the feelings move. They need to move it. Yeah. We, can't, we take a snapshot of like, <gasps> you know, but then in one second, it's different, but we yeah. forget that. Like you just keep, just flow with that river, keep moving with it, let it move. Right. And, yeah. and work on moving because that's the energy of feelings, you know, They're yeah. tra- they transform, they're transformative. Mm. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. I wanted to um, touch on a little bit too, as I was looking through your bio. It's, it's funny, like most people, this is the honest truth. I don't really look up much about them. I kind of want to know very little about them before I get on. I kind of want to let that 
exploration happen during mm. the podcast. But for yours, I was like, no, I'm going to read this a lot more uh, before I talk to you. It was more <laughs> because it's like, I don't know, it was just like, it resonates with me really hardcore. So I saw that you have some education with like pastoral medicine. Please correct me if I'm wrong on here, but um, yeah. like, what so, is that? Okay. So I have a license um, in pastoral medicine, mm -hmm. which is essentially a more of a spiritual, um, holistic counseling okay. and, you know, the, tra the transpersonal psychology and spiritual guidance and direction are very, you know, peas in a pod, you know, mm -hmm. peanut butter and jelly. Cause you start diving down the rabbit hole, as you know, and you get into spirituality. Yeah. Eventually. Um, what's, what's the meaning of all this? And so that pastoral medicine license is through an organization um, that then provides me with a, a nice little shingle of protection for my work. I see. Mm -hmm. Because you know how the sort of the regulatory agencies and how everything's regulated. And so that organization helps me work across state lines. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I thought, I, you know, I don't know. I never, I had no clue. I was like, okay, this is curious to me. Mm -hmm. I'd like to know more about this. Um, mm -hmm. Seems pretty simple. Um, do yes. you think that we're going to see more kind of people getting into like psychedelic guides or psychotherapy, plant medicine therapists, and that this will become mainstream at some point, from, you know, for people? I do. Yeah. I do. I think it's coming. MDMA is coming first. So yes coming next um you know in other countries this, a lot of this is legal already yeah you know so it's this is a kind of funny thing right like you just get on a plane and fly down somewhere else and it's no big deal yeah so i think it's going to be legal and there's going to be a lot more of it because it works because it works and a lot of the other options out there pharmaceutical mm -hmm. and otherwise don't work that well they cause a bunch of other problems yeah. um, and they are slow yeah um, some of them are really like if you really were struggling and you went to cbt therapy you might be there a really long time true with not much progress being made and not much satisfaction being had so there are, there's a tremendous amount of suffering. I think politicians on both sides of whatever line you're on can agree about that. Like yeah. many sides, it's a lot of suffering, a lot of war trauma, especially that's, I feel, you know, from what I understand, it was really the war trauma and all the vets that are yep. not being well cared for and not coming back in pieces and there being no real good solution for them um, that really initiated some of these phase two, phase one, phase two, phase three trials without yeah. DMA, you know, and, you know, those, those vets that returned and the state opened a political door that was nailed shut and they're going to open that door for a lot of other people. Most definitely. And I always say this, and I think it's interesting, like you, you know, have certainly this kind of non-traditional feeling about things. You've always had it, but I always kind of surmise that like 
something like this really takes off, like as you said, when normal people or people you wouldn't think really get into it. It's kind of a shame though, because you know, it's like, well, why don't you just listen to people who have this feeling about it and you know, have really been in the beginning, but unfortunately kind of our society, things take off when they become like more accepted by regular, if you want to put a regular people who yeah. may normally never even see this as an option, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the war on drugs and yeah. on drugs and the war on drugs. So I think there've been many movements afoot over the decades to scare people. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm all, I'm very much about harm prevention. And I yeah. wrote my book in that. I don't think this is for everyone. I don't think psychedelics are for everyone. I, I agree. People should be cautious. Um, I know I've treated a lot of people with psychedelic injury. Um, some went down to Peru and the Amazon and came back in a many, many, many pieces. And there are people, you know, folks coming up from the South, global South, from the Amazon, leading a ceremony one night and they're gone. And they're yeah. not there for you when you need them. Okay. So there's been a lot of criticism of Westerners drinking ayahuasca, but I think there should be a fair amount of criticism for those coming and bringing medicine, but then also not really being responsible for afterwards. So, you know, this is, uh, there should be caution. Um, But if you can, you know, if a person can get themselves into a good situation with some good guidance and some good support, then a lot of really miraculous, amazing things can happen. Most definitely. Miraculous is the right word. Yes. uh, Like you said, it's a sledgehammer. You know, it's, (laughs) I mean, that's even lightly putting it, I think. (laughs) You know, I think that's maybe even one of the lighter terms you could say. Yeah. Well, and, and who, who you come back as Yeah. afterwards, what's important, you know, what matters? Those are all really, those are fantastic questions, you know? Oh my gosh. Completely mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, I could tell you for me, I did not care about nature at all before I was mm-hmm. like, whatever, I'm not that into the environment, just totally honest. And afterwards I was like very into it because I, I recognized what it actually was and I became a part of nature truly in That's my right. mind. And, That's right. And I recognized, I remember at one point I was like looking into the sky and I remember it was just so small, you know, like just kind of like, yeah. I felt insignificant. In a, but in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. It wasn't way. like, yeah. oh, I'm worth nothing. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, it's just mm-hmm. like, it was so overwhelmingly powerful. Powerful. Mm-hmm. And it made me like, I was telling my wife was like, and she could attest to this. I mean, for like months afterwards, I'd be like touching trees, like closing my eyes and like just putting my, both my hands on trees. And like, I wanted that feeling back the of the feeling. tree speaking to me touching mm-hmm. me seeing it how it actually like i remember i was watching this movie lucy and in the movie like they see the trees it's like it goes it has all these like electricity inside the trees and i was like that's it that's what the tree does that's what it looks like like it's an and now we know trees talk to each other they have this network it's yeah. incredible incredible yeah. they're connected they're, they're connected. connected yeah you know I, 
for as much darkness as there may appear to be in the world, right? You know, at any one time, if we took a snapshot or watched the news for five minutes, we'd be like, <gasps> you know, my God. <laughs> what <laughs> is this? <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's then, over. Yeah, but I, we always have to remember that everything's in balance, right? Everything's mm. in balance. As much of, of that that feels terrible, there's an equal amount that's amazing and wondrous and wonderful and enlivening and, you know, to, to find a way to exist in that, you know, in, I think psychedelics for me is the, the, the beautiful, terrible, you know, like, mm. it's like, it's just like beautiful, terrible somehow, but it's some, it's, it's all happening at the same time. Yeah. And how can, how can we be in right relationship to that? You know, mm. it's very deep and you could just practice that. You just pick one thing that happened for you with psychedelics and just practice that every yeah. day. Most definitely. Well, I mean, I've seen the major good in this and yeah. speaking with you, Dr. Yeah. Eva Catherine Coder, I tell you what, I was right on the money contacting. I was like, this is going to be good. I know it. I just know it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. And yeah. I really appreciate you reaching out to me and, and finding me. I'm such, I'm like a busy, busy mom just yeah. doing my practice and over here in my little tiny corner. So it's wonderful to, 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 to have you reach out to me and to know you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it just, uh, I'm a big proponent of like moving towards things that speak to me and resonate mm -hmm. me, the feeling. Yes. I, when people ask me to go, how do you, you know, pick people to be on the show? I'm like, it's just a feeling, honestly, that's it. I don't make it anything bigger than it is. If I feel something towards somebody, I move towards them. And that's mm -hmm. what happened here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's, that's true for life too. You know, yeah. is that something I have a feeling? Do I want to move towards that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that life giving? You know? yeah. No, <laughs> it's not. No, stay away. <laughs> right. Or, or it's like, wait, yeah. You know, if we just did that. Oh, well, thank you so much. And thank you for just staying in touch. Most definitely. Thank you so much for being on. And uh, I'm pumped for people to check this out. Thanks oh, a lot. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the rate and review section. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>